0: a runner is anybody who has running shoes on and they're running outside just because i don't look a certain way doesn't mean i'm not a a runner or an athlete i train like an athlete therefore i am an athlete
1: welcome to running is cheaper than therapy podcast i am your host dr wita l brown I inspire and promote movement. I explain how running adds to life from a mental wholeness aspect, how obstacles can be overcome in life to make it to your finish line. Welcome to Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast, episode 48. Today, I welcome a clubhouse friend, Sandra. She is a plus-size athlete. She is a runner, an ultra runner, actually, a triathlete. She started a streak in March of 2018 of running or walking or a combination of both for 5K every day. She continues the streak to this day. The streak changed her life. The street changed her neuroplasticity and helped heal childhood trauma and anxiety. Her street was cheaper than therapy. She's run three marathons, 20 half marathons, 150K, and completed a triathlon over the past three years. She promotes an active lifestyle and empowers people and lets them know that size does not matter.
0: Welcome, Sandra, to the show. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here with you, Weta. First, I want to say I love your Instagram page. I love your reels and your stories. I feel motivated. You know, it's funny that you say that because I was having coffee with a friend today, and she said, you know, I'm actually annoyed by your motivation. <laughs> really? <laughs> and I said, I said to her, I go, you know what? I appreciate your honesty. I said, because I'm annoyed by your thinness. And she goes, Oh, and I go, yeah. Like I've been doing this for 958 days, like my five kilometers every day. I go, I haven't lost a pound. It's not that I don't know how I just haven't. And I go, so if you're annoyed by my motivation, I'm annoyed by your, your thinness. And she goes, Okay, you have a good point. And I said, Yeah. Like what a stupid thing to say. But I do get it. I do get it because sometimes when we see other people do things, it reflects back the things that maybe we wish we were doing and we're not. So then that becomes annoying. And I get it. As much as I, I will I did not take that at all the wrong way, I actually felt very um grateful that she said that because she trusted me enough to say that. And, you know, I get it. I get it because I was I was where she was three years ago before I started running. So I do get it. So what made you start running at the age of
1: 43?
0: Well, I wasn't being chased by anything. We'll we'll rule that out. So I was not born in Canada. I was born in another country and I came here and I didn't speak any English. I was six years old and my parents, you know, were immigrants, didn't speak a word of English. And they had a very we had a very rough go of things, you know, when we when we got here, no money, nothing. And so my brother was four, I was six. And you can imagine that my parents first priority was not to build their daughter up. So she had good self esteem. Okay, their first priority was keep a roof over our head, keep food on the table, keep clothes on us. And then every single one of their frustrations and fears and irritabilities and anxiety all bottled bottled up, uh, we became the uh, target of that, you know, Mm -hmm. me and my brother. Growing up like that and then I had, you know, a lot of anxiety as a teenager and that's nothing unusual. I think I even developed some sort of learning disability because I was not able to focus in school. Mm -hmm. I didn't finish university or even college. I I was always a hard worker, and I always showed enthusiasm in anything that I did, and that kind of got me through life. But I guess, and also after I had my four children, I had very bad postpartum to the point where, you know, there were days where I thought I was just going to throw myself out of a moving vehicle or drive the car off the cliff because I thought it was easier that way. And to make a long story short of why did I start running, I was somebody who never completed things. Like, you know, you start something, you don't complete it. Aside from my job, like, you know, I go to work because I get paid. You know, I do well at work. But in my personal life, I was never somebody who did something that built my self-esteem and that something was was an event that I completed it. So I was always working out in my basement. I always, because I had the four kids, I didn't really have time to go to a gym. So I would do YouTube videos and I would work out just for my mental health we ended up buying a used treadmill in 2017 and for that whole winter of 2017 i just i would walk on the treadmill then i started walking fast and then i was watching my shows on the treadmill then i started kind of like jogging and watching the shows and then march 2018 i turned 43 and i'll never forget this day i went outside to the park near our house and i just started running mm mm-hmm. i just started moving my legs fast and that day I ran about seven kilometers. And when I came back, I was like, oh my God, what did I just do? I hadn't run in public outside since grade 10. Really? Okay. So you just decided to go outside and run. And move my legs faster than a walking pace. Yeah. That's, that's just literally how it happened. And it's so funny, I'll tell you that That winter, Mm -hmm. in my head, there was, like, all these things brewing, and I was not happy with the way that I looked. And I remember taking these pictures. The winter of 2017, 2018, Instagram was, like, getting really popular, and so people had Instagram pages. And so I created this Instagram page, and I'll tell you, before it was called Big Fit Mom, it was called Elegantly Filled.
2: Okay. The
0: reason it was called Elegantly Filled was because I had a cousin who made fun of me every time he'd see me when I was in Croatia he Ooh. called me elegantly filled oh yeah oh yeah this is how our this is how our people talk to each other it's like oh you look like you gained a few pounds or oh you look like you've gained 50 pounds or it's all about yeah. weight and, and- I, my family used
1: to do the same thing too you're either too small or you gain too much weight i'm like mean, can i just be just right sometimes you know can i just be oh can i just be hey Wita how you doing <laughs> you know Good what i'm talking you. about yeah, 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 yeah no oh god oh
0: god forbid somebody asks you how are you doing without a clause yeah. of weight in there or something to do with your appearance and and i remember i created that page and i put these ugly pictures of myself like almost like self-punishment i i can't remember when it was that i switched it and created like i was like elegantly failed that sounds so stupid but that was what he called me he was he would say, Hey, cousin, elegantly filled, how are you? Like it was just, ugh. Anyways, so I changed the name to Big Fit Mom, got rid of those awful pictures. And what started happening was as I gained interest in running, I started, my feed started be- becoming curated with runners. That's what I was interested in, right? And then 2018, after I had that first run, I, I kind of kept running outside. And um then I signed up for four races outside and they were all trail races. Were they five K's? They were uh no Weida. Why would I do a five K when I could just go big or go home, right? Normal normal people. We're, runners are not normal people. They are obsessive compulsive. You know, no. So I signed no, I didn't do any 5K races. I signed up for ten Ks and then a couple of half marathons because <laughs> there is no in between with me. It's uh that's part of the disorder, but we won't we'll get to that in another <laughs> We'll get to that in another show. No, so I did I, I did probably about ten races that year in twenty eighteen. But The really great thing that came across my feed one day was there was a a couple, a married couple that had a family in Australia and their names were Justin and Kate. And they, I remember, I don't know how they came across my feed, but I started following them. And then they wrote this thing underneath their profile picture and it said run streak. So after every picture they posted, it would say run streak day number, whatever. And I was like, what is that? They had done five kilometers every day since, I don't know. This is, I think at that time, which was 20, the end of 2018, they were at, they were at just over a year because right now they're at day 1,800. Wow. Two and a half years ago. Yeah. They were, they were at around maybe day 400 or 500. And when January 1st came around 2019, I really loved the way running made me feel. Mm Mm-hmm. You know you know the endorphins and uh it just made me feel like i finished something so january 1st i asked a friend i'm like hey do you want to go for a run with me on new year's day and she's like sure so i did 5k that day and during that run that was when i had decided i'm gonna do 5k every day for 2019.
1: okay for 20 it started 2019.
0: started 2019. And you got the idea from the couple I got the idea from them because the definition of a runner's streak, according to Running World Magazine, Runners World Magazine, is one mile every day. Okay. But what I did was I created my own rules. Okay. Why not? Yeah. Maybe I don't want to run one day. Maybe I want to walk. Hmm. I am a larger lady. I'm 255 pounds. I'm like, if I run every single day, I might hurt myself. So, I want to be able to have a day where I can walk that 5k so I was like my life my rules
1: hmm that's
0: right nothing wrong with that nothing do you. wrong <laughs> and you do you, you yeah. I I did me <laughs> yeah. I, I am doing me and so far there were times where I did 5k in an airport there were times where I did 5k in a hospital staircase okay. uh, there were times when I did 5k in uh oh on top of a fairy really yes <laughs> okay. yes 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 and what's funny about a fairy is if, if any of your listeners ever have to do their run or walk on their fairies you can't use your garment because it catches the speed of the fairy oh yeah it messes up yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I i didn't know that i i totally forgot that because that makes sense but i was like Shit! It thinks I'm going like 20 knots, and I'm. Yeah, and I have no idea how to calculate into miles. I, I don't. Preparing. I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, I, it was so funny, but yeah, I've done it in very weird places. You know, not too weird, but I mean, airport, whatever. Yeah. Walking up and down while I was waiting for a a flight, but yeah, I've made it work. It's become, it's become the level that brushing your teeth is for me. That's the okay. level that it's that it's at what day is today today is day 958
1: okay wow amazing yeah
0: 958 and it's like it was yesterday that i started that's how fast it's gone 2019 was super great because i was able to go to seattle for the seattle marathon and travel to other cities and do races like in vancouver and then 2021 every single race that i had scheduled got canceled
1: You mentioned that running changed your neuroplasticity and helped you heal a lot of trauma and anxiety. What do you mean by that?
0: For me personally, so you know, everybody is different, but when I started doing the 5K, the self talk that we have going on in our brains is so powerful. It is. It is. It is crippling how power how powerful it can be so when i started doing the 5k the kinds of things that were going through my head were what are you doing this for what point do you think you're proving what are you trying to prove you know you're not going to finish you're you're going to remain the same nothing is going to change about you this is a waste of time so those were the things that were running through my head. It started all around day 100 after my brain was like, I've had enough of this shit. Okay. Yeah. Stop this shit. What are you trying to prove? They became louder and louder and louder. I didn't stop though. There were, there were, there were moments where I was crying while I was on my walk and I was like, oh my God, this is going to make or break me. And it was so lonely, Weida. Some days were so lonely. Lonely, as you know, as an athlete, when you're training, it is lonely. Mm-hmm. What I started doing on the on the walks and the runs was I started listening to I was listening to a ton of podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, you know, here and there, and uh, books. So one of the books that I saw on Audible was The Body Keeps Score.
2: Okay,
0: he talks about trauma. So as a child, I was physically punished a lot.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just what my parents knew, and my mom experienced her own trauma, which she only told me about at the age of thirty. I want to say thirty-five. I found out what happened to her, and it was it was awful. Mm. Something that she experienced as a fourteen-year-old that you know ne- she never should have, and she never got help for it. And then my dad. So these two people who had severe trauma married each other, okay? Mm -hmm. So something happened to my dad when he was six. And so here are these people trying to raise these kids, and the only way they know how to show them security and safety is by hitting them. That was the trauma that I experienced. So this book, so I was very intrigued about trauma, and um, it wasn't a word that I casually threw around. Before I was like 43 or 44, it was just something that I kind of started learning about. Like, I always knew I was depressed and I had anxiety, but I didn't know why. I just thought something was wrong with me.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh I was born with something missing. And mm-hmm. I've been on medicine for seven years. Mm-hmm. That medicine has saved me. I was diagnosed with obsessive compulsive anxiety after I had my first child. And then again, no, after I had the second one. And then again, after I had the fourth one. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I had anxiety, and I had to take a searcher line, which stopped those thoughts from ravaging mm-hmm. and becoming vicious. And it and it has worked, which is okay. probably one of the reasons I've been able to kind of get past my blockers. But anyhow, that book, The Body Keeps Score, he talks about three ways to heal trauma, three okay. scientific, proven, medically documented ways. He's a doctor that had uh, spoken to, you know, any from people who were Army veterans to, you know, children that had been taken away from parents. Like so all all, the the book is a Bible in that whole industry. But so the three ways are first one is therapy counseling, Mm -hmm. which I had tried. The second way is medicine, Mm -hmm. because there are some people who just, you know, schizophrenia and chemical imbalance. I, I had a chemical imbalance. Third way, which was what stopped me in my tracks, and I'll never forget the day it stopped me in my tracks as I was walking, and I had to stop and replay what he said. To use the body to have visceral experiences that contradict the helplessness and rage you feel.
1: Hmm. I like that.
0: And I was like, holy shit. This is what I've been doing. I've been using my body to have visceral experiences that contradict my helplessness and rage.
1: Hmm, I like it. I love it.
0: (sighs) Yes. I like the
1: way you explain that.
0: Every time I was finishing a 5K, that completion Mm -hmm. started to become ingrained deeper and deeper and deeper in me. Just like every time somebody says, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're a loser, you're worthless. What happens with that? It becomes ingrained deeper mm-hmm. and deeper and deeper into your visceral makeup of your body. So the opposite can happen if you do something that builds your confidence, like a walk or a mm-hmm. run, or or mm-hmm. even 20 push-ups a day. Mm-hmm. So that was the first thing that changed my life and made me helped me to continue to do the 5K. The second book was James Clear's Atomic Habits. And in an interview that I watched with him on YouTube, he said that every time you do something that brings you closer to the identity that you want to have, you cast a vote for who you are. So every time I did my 5K, it cast a vote, not for a runner, or it cast a vote for me personally that I was a completer. That you're a winner. That I'm a winner. That I complete shit. Mm -hmm. That I get it done. And that blew my mind. Those two things changed me deeply. 2021 rolled around, and I thought, I'm going to start a new habit. <laughs> okay, let me tell you what happened with that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and here's here's another very important piece of the puzzle about our bodies, which I did not know, Weta. I did not know this. I thought, it's been two years, I got this shit i got this i'm a pro now i can do anything well there was this kid on instagram he he goes by mb bullock or something like that he's like in texas he's 14 years old okay and uh he started this challenge in 2020 it was 20 burpees every day in 2020 okay and somehow this came across my feed and i was like okay i can do that i'm gonna do 21 burpees in 2021 well, my body wanted to sabotage that and said, fuck you. You are not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And, and the reason I explain it like that is because my body had physical reactions to me doing these burpees, even though I had done 5k for what 365 365 days times two 730 days Mm -hmm. and i'm like what the hell is going on i did them it was so painful and so it was it was awful the first 14 days of doing 21 burpees every day Mm -hmm. the message is going through my head you what are you trying to prove lady like what are you trying to prove okay we already gave you the 5k day don't think that you can add another habit On this body Mm -hmm. without us putting up a fight. Okay, I'll get to the point. I listened to another podcast from Rich Roll. He had Hubberman Lab, Andrew Hubberman, Mm -hmm. scientist at the University of Stanford. So, University of Stanford, scientist of neuroplasticity. So freaking interesting. So, Andrew Huberman and Rich Roll on YouTube, okay. and a- after about a half an hour into the interview, he talks about how, and this is, I did not know this: the body is not controlled by the brain; the body is controlled by the nervous system. The nervous system will do absolutely anything to protect you from. Fear True. or things that they believe are harmful. Uh, are harmful. Yep. Are harmful. Yeah, so, and the way you know that it's doing that is the physical reaction that you will have to starting anything new. Mm-hmm. Why were we not taught this in school? Because if we had been taught this in school, most of us wouldn't have thought we were losers growing up. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment that my brain calmed down. I've been doing the burpees ever since. So it's been 220 days of 21 burpees every day. It's amazing what I've learned on this journey. It is about my capacity of what I've been able to achieve as as a human, mm-hmm. as a mom what I want to pass down to my kids, what I want to show them. You know, the person who I was even 10 years ago, losing my shit, throwing stuff all over the house, it just wasn't good. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to stay like that. I just didn't know how I was going to change. And I guess for me, I had to go through this journey nine hundred and fifty eight days of it. Maybe there was a shorter way. I don't know. But I would never want to redo it or change any of it because it has made me who I am today. And you know, I, I've talked about this on a number of other podcasts with people. I I kind of think that there are a few different groups of people in this world. And there's the people who were very fortunate that their parents raised them. And they listened to their parents, but that they were raised in a way where they did as they were told, went to school. Then when they finished school, they went to university and, and they, they had that foundation of completing a degree. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then there's the people who didn't have that luxury mm-hmm. or didn't go through that journey where their self confidence was built. By achieving something big like Mm -hmm, that. mm
2: -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. I'm an immigrant's child. I wasn't given that. My parents have a grade five education. We didn't even have, we had an outhouse Mm -hmm. up until 1990. Mm -hmm. I mean, we moved to Canada in 1982, but back, back home at that farm where I was born. Mm-hmm. So I I guess what I want to say is that I, I I probably needed to go through something like this. This was my school, if you know what okay. I mean. Like you yeah. know you know how there's people who go through the school of hard knocks or like a, a a school that teaches you something. This has taught me something. So the street changed your life. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. Every day, every day going out there doing my five kilometers, no matter what the weather was. Rain, freezing temperatures, that changed me and it just changed my mental health. And that's the most important thing in all of this is, is my mental health.
1: So the streak was cheaper than therapy for you. Like, running is cheaper
0: than therapy for me. Well, it's actually really expensive, but <laughs> just those damn shoes. See. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know how many shoes I go through a year? But Uh, no, it's true. It's still cheaper than therapy. Yeah. Still cheaper than therapy. And I probably got way more out of this, my my cardiovascular, my heart health, my, you know, all that stuff for sure. But yes, you know what I'm saying. Um, Yes, yes, I do. I'm so grateful that I've been able to do this, like that I I found this. Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that this came my way i'm so lucky i'm fortunate there's so many people who don't end up finding something like this that recharges them and gives them birth lets them become reborn season
1: three we will continue the new segment called ask the dub if you have any questions related to musculoskeletal injuries or muscular skeletal health, go to my website, www.weoulifeweoulove.com, click on the tab voicemail, leave your voicemail, and select messages will be aired and answered on the segment. Now, back to the show. So racing, do you enjoy racing?
0: I do, oh, only because of the uh, swag.
1: You like to, Do you like the medals and the t-shirts and the other stuff?
0: Oh, yeah. I like to fill up my bag with all the free food. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite? Do you have a favorite race? Okay, I do. and And this is partially because I haven't been to very many outside of my province races, but I love the Seawee's Lululemon race in Vancouver because it is a three day event and they also have their own little shop. They also have their own collection of clothes that they only specifically put in that store on that race weekend. You can't get it anywhere else. So it's, it's very cute and like, you know, just very, it's a great experience. The second race that I love the most is the Seattle Marathon. Because that was my first marathon and I'm an ambassador for them. Also, because it's a big city, but it's not a, I think they maybe, it's less than 10,000 people, but it feels so, it feels small. Okay. It's a very personal race. Like it's not, you know, like the Chicago Marathon or the New York City Marathon. I can't imagine.
2: Like 40,000, yeah
0: yeah no 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 this is this is there's still bread waiting for you with soup at the end of the race nice yes <laughs> yes even if you finish at seven and a half hours there is still bread and soup waiting for you and a couple of bananas
2: that's
1: good well new york i think new york even though if you don't finish at a certain t- Time your name's not in the paper. I think you have to finish in four and a half, which my name is not in the paper. But the crowd support is awesome, even for the back of the packer people. People are there to greet you. Um, Even some of the professional runners are like at the end cheering you on at the finish line. So it's Mm. really great crowd support.
0: It's definitely on my bucket list. Yes. What year did you do it?
1: 17. I was almost crying, but you don't have to look good for the camera. At the end, I was like, get yourself together. (laughs) Get yourself together for your smile at
2: grit <laughs> yeah. your teeth yeah
1: yeah, yeah. Oh, it looked you like you run running even though it was like hobbling but yeah <laughs> I was hobbling
0: squeeze the butt cheeks yeah. <laughs> so what got you into doing triathlons you know the instagram feed i was talking about that i curated for me personally is just full of You know, different athletes and different types of athletes. And so uh, I had a friend who was doing, uh, she did the Whistler half Ironman. Mm -hmm. That year that she did the half Ironman, I decided to sign up for the Olympic distance triathlon in, in my city here in Kelowna. I don't know how to swim, so I had to learn how to swim. It was very, very painful. Mm -hmm. Um, the paddle boards kept circling me and asking me are you okay are you going to make it i was like yep so an hour and 10 minutes later for a one and a half kilometer swim so less than a mile that's how long it took me because the mistake i made was i did not so for the open water swim Mm -hmm. the mistake i made was i trained in shallow lake water i didn't train in deep dark water so when i got to the swim i look in the water i was like holy shit it's black yeah i cannot see in this water that was it i'm not putting my head under the water so i swam like this the whole mile you made it you made it. i made it that's That's what counts that's what counts and so yes because my
1: first year of trying i freaked out Every single race. In the first race, I was the very last person. The kayak guy was next to me. I'm like, I'm I the last person. He's like, you are. Keep going. You're going to finish, though. (laughs) Keep going. like, okay. Keep going. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) If my life depends on it, you're going to finish, lady. And one race I did, I I swam like maybe like five strokes, and I looked up and did like a doggy paddle. By the end of the race, my neck was hurting because I kept looking up.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes, you're like yeah. Oh,
2: but, finish. my, my,
0: but I finished the race, um, finished the swim, and peed in my uh, tri suit. Right <laughs> So you know, and I can't wait to do a um, a half Ironman. I I love the distance of running a half marathon. Uh, I'm pretty good on the bike. It's just the swim, so I'll, I'll just keep working on it. The triathlon that I had signed up for in July got canceled, and then the one in August I didn't go to because uh, it just there were some conflicts with my work. I'll do it next year. It's it's definitely a huge accomplishment when you when you can finish your first um, half Ironman. I mean, how many have you done?
1: I did two, and I did one full. But Louisville, the one was canceled, so I wanted to do another one, but. 2020 and a whole bunch of injuries so next year hopefully to Canada maybe that'll be my next one.
0: Oh, oh that'll be so great and it's, it's such a beautiful course too with the lake so I, I really hope to see you here next year that'd be wonderful
1: with social media and mainstream media and I saw this on your blog kind of like perception versus reality and with the media and mainstream, it's like the perception that you have to be, quote-unquote, perfect to be a runner. You have to be, quote-unquote, perfect to be any type of athlete. And, quote perfect is like the, the way you look. You have to look a certain way. And there's no, like, one look. And there's no, like, one... You're not like, oh, you're not a runner because I don't look this way. I'm not a runner because I don't run a seven-minute mile. I'm not a runner because it's like you kind of define what you want to be it doesn't have to be what quote-unquote mainstream media says it's supposed to be
0: i feel sorry for our younger generation because they don't know what's ahead of them and they're gonna have to figure it out but for me personally at 46 years old at this age right now i don't give a shit about what Runners World magazine says or what Women's Running magazine says. I hate those publications, and I've made several videos about them. I think they're a disgrace to the athlete because they portray themselves as representing runner's world and women's running instead they should rename their publication to elite runner's world and elite woman's running because call it what it is but aside from that uh, and I think probably most people feel that way about them and I mean to this day runner's world still has that stupid article in the back of the magazine where it features the person who is Before they started running to lose weight and then their after picture after they started running to lose weight, the before and after. So running has this bad rap about it's only for losing weight, right? You only get into it for losing weight. You don't get into running because you love running, right? At least the majority of people. But all I want to say about social media is that if you think that, if you think that, you have to look a certain way, you have to run at a certain speed, then people are setting themselves up for failure. It's kind of like a double-edged sword. A lot of women don't realize that they just have to start, but then a lot of them don't start. They're intimidated. That's right. That's right. And that's why more people have to keep showing up to show women that this space, has room for everyone and that the more of us that show up the better we're doing for everybody else. Sure. Like just put on your shoes and start get walking yes. and get out there and then eventually you know after you're comfortable walking you're gonna start running. I have a five o'clock shadow okay. I have shit my pants all right. That is a true runner, not a size whatever and a under 10-minute mile. A true runner is anybody who has running shoes on and they're running outside. Just because I don't look a certain way doesn't mean I'm not a, a runner or an athlete. I train like an athlete, therefore I am an athlete.
1: True. I had um a Dr. Gina Meyer on my podcast. She um has a program called Rise Resolute Connect. And one of her sayings is every woman has
2: a runner within.
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. That should be tattooed on all of us. Yes.
1: If you don't start, it's like you fail before you even get to the start line. So mm-hmm. I mean, go if you wanna do it. Try it. I mean, and even if you don't run, walk, and if you don't, there's other things to do. Cycle. Just do something you love. Don't be intimidated by what people say it's supposed to be, or you're supposed to look a certain way, or whatever.
0: That's right. It's 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 almost like somebody out there has the audacity to take the joy from us mm-hmm. of what we are entitled to, we are entitled to feel the joy of movement. And these publications have the audacity to say that you don't fit this look, therefore you're not that thing. Mm-hmm. That is so wrong. It is. There's something else I saw on your
1: blog, some sayings, which mm. I think set us all up for failure. One, you said, do your homework. If you do, you'll get a good job, be happy, and you'll never be depressed. So it's like internally you'll think that if you're depressed, something is wrong with you.
0: It's interesting that you mention that because in today's society, there's no way you can not feel a little bit of sadness here and there. Look at the access to information that we have now that we didn't have 30 years ago. Not only that, but our children are you know I, I remember thirty years ago I was in grade ten, and when I finished school, I came home, and nobody bothered me now, when you finish school, you come home, your bullies or or kids or people they're still bothering you because they have access to you. They don't stand a chance mm-hmm.
1: and another thing on your blog, eat fewer calories and exercise and you'll be thin and you'll never be sad. What? I wrote that? These are things that are myths, fairy tales on your on your blog, reality versus fairy tale.
2: Oh, okay, okay. I was like... So these are things that you
1: should not, but people tell you these like you, you the you're Right, yes, yes, that yes, yes.
0: yes. That's right. That was what my mother used to say. Yes, 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 yes. yes. She used to say, if you are thin or, or if you look a certain way, then you will have access to a certain life. And that's not true because I, uh, I have been thin and I was not happy because happiness doesn't come from a physical state. Happiness comes from a, an act of satisfaction that you have achieved by doing something over and over and over and over again. So whether it be going to university, for example, for somebody, creates a certain happiness when they're finished because they have done something over and over and over again to achieve that milestone which brings them a certain happiness. And so for me, being thin never brought me happiness. It brought me more insecurity. But with my 5K a day, that brought me happiness because it was the achievement of something. Over and over and over again,
1: this is another um perception that <laughs> so if you if you're happy, you'll get a
0: man, which I know for a fact that's not the case <laughs> you know it's so funny how um there's this generation of parents that raised our generation to think that if you get a man you have it all made and that's just not the case either there's this other book that i read it's called feel the fear and do it anyways and in this book yeah and in this book they break down your life to like 12 squares right each of the 12 squares represent you know one represents maybe family religion friends job hobby interests health love etc so if love or your relationship with a man takes up 80% of that block and then it's gone, what are you going to do? Yep. So all these other areas of your life need to create equal components that then complement your who you are. And, and so unfortunately, when I met my husband, he was my 80%. Mm-hmm. So I didn't learn anything. And and in fact, there were days where my mom said to me, "I can't believe you landed that guy." Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, you're so lucky. I can't believe you've you found him. I'm like, you know, and just when people like say stuff like that to you, you're like, oh well, then maybe something bad's gonna happen. Oh, so you're saying that it's not gonna last? Mm -hmm. Becoming skinny and then finding a man. Those are preconceived perceptions that young people have put, have had put into their brains by an older generation that they themselves did not have anybody to show them how to create satisfaction in their life that comes from within.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And another one, never pursue crazy ideas. Oh, yeah, that's so wrong. You should always pursue crazy ideas. The crazier, the better. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So you don't live a life of... What ifs. What ifs. So you don't live a life of feeling like you missed out.
1: So another thing I found on your these are good. Number of friends does not validate
0: worth. Oh, God, I wish I knew that. A long time ago i would have oh man the amount of chasing i did of friends thinking that it validated my oh my god i spent my whole life chasing people because my unfortunately my my parents just didn't know how to teach me to value myself so i thought that if i surrounded myself with a certain number of people then i was valuable so wrong now i try and push people away i'm like get the f- away from me yes
1: quality versus quantity that's right that oh it's so right <laughs> oh um another one inspire yourself first then others
0: that's right one good thing my mom did teach me i mean she's not she's my mom is a wonderful big-hearted lady she just those are the only tools she had yeah and and she came from a. uh she came from a mom who gave birth to 11 children. And then her husband had to go to Germany to work because there was no work in our country. So she was left with these 11 children. Yeah. If you look for inspiration in others, you are always going to be void. of. There's always going to be an emptiness inside you. Whereas if you try and inspire yourself first, With a love for something, a hobby, a passion, you're going to radiate this light and then you will attract others to your table. I
1: agree. And one last one. Time stops
0: for no one. No, it doesn't. It does not stop for no one. These last 958 days would have happened either way. So either way, if I had decided to do the 5K a day or if I had not, 958 days would have passed. Mm-hmm, true. So what? what is better? Is it better to do something because time is not going to stop for you anyways and it's going to fly by? Or is it better to not do anything?
1: But Like Nike says, just do it.
0: Just do it.
1: If you were to go back and give yourself advice at a young age, what would you tell yourself?
0: Oh, my God. I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's such a hard question. I don't even know if she would have listened to me because, you know, sometimes we have to get burned by the stove to learn that it's hot, right? So I probably would have told her, no matter how hard it is to finish a degree the one big thing I regret because even if you never use that degree it's still a bartering tool for something or maybe go back later and do it but just you know 30 40 whatever and the second thing I would have uh, said to her was find a passion find something that lights the fire inside you and just keep doing it no matter what's going on in your life just keep doing that
1: Great advice. Great advice. Any last minute words of inspiration for my listeners?
0: So my last minute words and inspiration are, whatever your story is, somebody wants to hear it. And that story that you share with other people will be somebody's guiding light in their darkness. The more people that share stories, the more people will come out of darkness.
1: I agree, and I love it. You never know what people are going through, and you never know what they need to hear
2: to yes. help them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, especially at a certain point in their life where they're willing to give up, and if they hear a certain story that resonates with them, that might be just that right push that they need to to change the traje- trajectory of what's happening with them right then.
1: Well, thank you for joining me today.
0: Thank you, Rita. It was a pleasure. That
1: wraps up this episode of Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast. Thank you for tuning in. If you already haven't, please download Running is Cheaper Than Therapy podcast on Apple, Spotify, or however you listen to your favorite podcast. If you have any questions, concerns, or possible show topics, please email Run is it, Cheaper Therapy OLB Omaha Love Brown. Again, that's Running is it, Cheaper Therapy Omaha Love Brown at gmail.com. I also can be reached via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Handle We Life, We Love. O you are life, O you our love. Thank you and please tune in again.